Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by lead pastor Dave Ferguson as we kick off the series, Greater Than. If you're new, we'd love to learn your name. Simply text CONNECT to 630-793-6399 and we'll send you more information about community. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. Hello, community. How you doing? It is really, really good to be with you and the growing number of people that are joining us online uh, across Chicago, uh, across the United States, and around the world. So I'll tell you what, just to get started, if you would, in the chat, just let us know where you're joining us from. We'd love to know where you're joining us from. And um, I'll tell you what, do me a favor, too. If you've been hanging out with us for the last, oh, couple weeks or so and really kind of digging what's going on, um, make yourself known. Fill out one of the communication cards. Find a way to let us know you because we want to help you grow spiritually. We want to grow spiritually together. So if you do that, that would just be, uh, that'd be terrific. All right, I'll tell you, here's where I want to start. Have you ever um, felt like this? Um, Where uh, this is you and this is the point. And you go like, huh, (laughs) I think I just missed the point. Uh, For example, just last week, I was reading a book and I'm going really fast through it. I'm kind of skimming. I want to get to the end. I'm kind of in task mode. I get to the end of the book, and it hits me. I barely remember anything I just, I just read. And it's kind of like, oh, I think I just missed the point. And the title of the, bo- the book is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. <laughs> or um, maybe I, I've been on a date with my wife, Sue. We're out, and I'm constantly checking my phone. And she'll remind me. She'll kind of point to herself and go like, hey, you're missing the point. You ever have that happen? Or um, maybe you've been uh, at Starbucks. You go to Starbucks and you order a non-fat latte. You order a non-fat latte and then you go, oh, but uh, you know what? I'll have um, with that mocha and caramel and extra whip. (laughs) It's kind of an exercise in kind of missing the point. Well, I think we all know what it's like and know what it feels like to miss the point in lots of different things. But what happens when we miss the point on something that really matters? What happens then? Well, I'll tell you what, I want to take it a little different direction. Let me ask you this. Have you ever noticed just the number, the sheer number of different Jesus products that are for sale? And I don't mean just like crucifix or, you know, um, pictures of Jesus. I'm talking about actual products you can buy of Jesus. I mean, that's kind of good. It's Jesus, but I'm telling you, I think some of them miss the point. For example, you can buy uh, a Jesus deck of playing cards. You can buy, this is no joke, a Jesus Pez dispenser. You can get a Jesus superhero. You got like Batman, and then you got Superman. You got Jesus Lord Almighty. I'm not making this up. Um, You also have a... uh, a Jesus bank for little kids. It's actually called the Jesus Saves Bank. You knew that was coming, didn't you? And the, the goofiest one of them all, though, has to be Jesus soap. Yes, right now, if you wanted, you could order Jesus soap. Why do we need Jesus soap? Go ahead, punch, punch line, put it in the chat room if you want, because it'll wash away our sins. All right. Now, in some ways, oh, it's, it's about Jesus, right? That's a good thing. But I think with all those things, we're kind of missing the point. And I want you to hang on to that. Just hang on to that. We'll come back to this in a little bit. 
Today we're starting a brand new series. And it's a brand new series. We're going to go through a book in the New Testament called Colossians. And every week we're going to take a look at a different section of the book of Colossians. And one of the things I'm most excited about about this series is this right here, the Turn the Page Bible Experience. I would love to have every one of you participate in this. Because what we're going to do is Monday through Friday, we're going to make this available to go verse by verse through Colossians. You can get a written version if you want, or you can get the audio version on, uh, on app, on our app or on the iTunes. Um, but the place you just got to go right now, just right here, communitychristian.org slash Bible. If you'll just go to communitychristian.org slash Bible, sign up right now. I'm telling you, it's going to help you get so much more out of this series and really grow spiritually. Um, you definitely, definitely want to do this. Now, why did we pick this book of Colossians? Well, because the Colossian people are a lot like us, me and you. Um, they're religious people, they're spiritual people, but they're also people who sometimes they miss the point. Now back to us. Uh, 90% of Americans would say, oh, I believe Jesus existed. Um, the vast majority of Americans would tell you, oh, I've made a commitment to follow Jesus. And compared to the rest of the Western world, we're considered very spiritual kind of religious people. So all that sounds good about us as Americans, but upon closer examination, I think the truth is a whole lot of us have actually missed the point. That was also true of the people in Colossae. They were a religious group of people. I mean, there were churches everywhere, shrines, synagogues, temples everywhere. They had Greek gods, Roman gods, Egyptian gods. Uh, they had pagan mystery religions as well. And so like wherever you'd go, it was like here a God, there a God, everywhere a God, God, okay? And then Jesus comes along and Christianity comes along and, and the people in Colossae said, oh, well, we like that too. We wanna add that to our kind of portfolio of gods, all these other gods. And so what Paul does, he writes this book called Colossians to the people in Colossae to say, listen, <laughs> you're missing the point. You are missing the point. Now back in our context, our gods might be different, but I'm telling you the same thing can happen to us. Sometimes we too can get um, distracted we get detoured, we too can miss the point. Sometimes, here's how we miss the point. Let me get specific. I think sometimes we miss the point in chasing personal pursuits. And I want you to think about yourself. Our desire for success, our desire for significance, um, our obsession with, with maybe even, even a hobby, they become the most important things in life to us. And I've seen this happen. I've seen this happen from anywhere from kind of career climbing to kids' sports. It becomes people's entire focus. And so we pour our energy into that pursuit. And unknowingly, what happens is, uh-oh, we miss the point. And maybe some of you right now, you're going like, huh, I wonder, wonder with some of my personal pursuits, am, am I missing the point? There's something else that I think happens too that causes us to miss the point. I would call it uh, worldly worries, all right? Worldly worries. And the reason I call it that is because over the last five months, I mean, the world has given you lots of things you could worry about. I mean, a pandemic to start with, which has just kind of wreaked 
chaos in all our lives in a variety of ways for the last five months. Uh, some of us are, have lost jobs or are worried about losing jobs. There's an uncertain economy ahead. A lot of us are really concerned about the direction of our country. And, and you might even push back and like, well, Dad, Dave, I wouldn't call those gods. I mean, those are concerns. But let me warn you. Anything that becomes the preoccupation of your thoughts or your focus, if it's your focus, it's your God, and you can miss the point. Or um, how about relational rifts? A little different here. Relational rifts can cause you to miss the point. Um, you get hurt, or, or, or we get offended by something somebody says or something that somebody does, and maybe it's even somebody in the church, maybe somebody in your small group, or something happens in the church with certain people, and, and you're going like, ah, you pull back. And what it is is because of other people, other people and not God, that we pull back from the God that we love and we miss the point. Some of you got that going on right now. There's things that have happened with other people, not God, and it's caused a relational rift and you're missing the point. Now here's the warning I have for you. The warning I have for you is this. Perhaps the greatest spiritual danger for most of us most of us is this. It's not that we're going to actually just blatantly full out reject Jesus. But instead what's going to happen is we're going to kind of slowly drift and find out that we missed the point. That we missed the point. And see, that's exactly what happened to the Colossians. That happened to the Colossians. So Paul writes them because what he wants them to do, he wants them to course correct. He wants them to course correct. And so he begins by explaining what is the point, or rather, who is the point? And, he's, and he says this, no. He brings them back to this, says, okay, this is you, okay? Jesus is the point. And now, I don't think the Colossians had anything like Jesus' Pez dispensers, but Paul knew, Paul knew that they needed a crystal clear picture of who Jesus is. And so he paints this picture in the very first chapter of Colossians. And I want to start right in uh, verse 15 and, and, and explain to you. Here's exactly what Paul said and what he means here. And he says this. He says, the Son, talking about Jesus. Here's Jesus, the point. The Son is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, and in him all things, are, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything, this part's really important, we'll come back to it too, so that in everything, he might have the supremacy. Now, I'm telling you, for any of you, if you like the deep end of the theological pool, um, get ready to wade in real, real, real deep, because Paul takes us there. Because what Paul does, he describes who Jesus is. All right, let, let's, let's kind of take a look at this. Here he describes who Jesus, and he begins by <clears throat> kind of highlighting this. He says, he's the son, the, talking about Jesus, the son is the image of the invisible God. Almost everybody universally wonders, okay, what's God like? In fact, 96% of the population regularly would actually say in a survey, I, yes, I wonder who God is, what God is like. Even the 4% that are atheists, a percentage of them, okay, who say they don't believe in God, still would admit, yeah, I'm curious about God, if there is a God. So everybody wants to know, who is God, what's God like? Um, I heard it explained in a story. Um, a little boy, a little boy went to bed, and there was this bad thunderstorm, bad thunderstorm, and in the middle of the thunderstorm, he cries out to his dad. He's like, dad, dad, I'm scared, I'm scared. Come here, come here. His dad had already gone to bed. 
gets out of bed, comes down the hallway, goes in the little boy's room, sits on the bed next to him, and says, hey, it's okay. It's okay. And he says, listen, I'm going to go back to bed, but God is with you. God's with you. And then the little boy, as the dad walks away, says, but dad, I want a God with skin on him. I want a God with skin on him. I think what Paul is saying here is that Jesus actually makes the invisible visible. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is like God with skin on him. So we have to get the God. Jesus reveals who God is. But then he goes on and, he's, and, he, and he says this next. He says he's the firstborn over all of creation. Now, when Paul says firstborn, as he writes to Colossians, he's not really um, so much referring to kind of birth order as much as the fact that the firstborn would be the one who'd receive the main inheritance of the family, the main inheritance. And so he's talking about Jesus. He says, Jesus is not only God, but he's also God's son. And so he, okay, has inherited everything that was God's, all that's in heaven and all that's on earth. He's God and God's son. Theologian Abraham Kuyper, he, he put it so well. Check out, this, check out this quote. This is awesome. He says, <clears throat> There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, Mine. He looks over here and says, Mine. He looks over here and says, Mine. He looks at you and me and he says, Mine. So Jesus is God. So he reveals God, but he also rules over all as God. And then Paul goes on. Now this this is really meaty. He says this. He says, and again, Jesus, in him all things hold together. So Jesus, he creates things, he rules over things, and then when creation breaks, our lives break and are shattered, he tries to hold them together. He, he comes and wants to restore them. I ran across a news story, fascinating. Um, this is in the, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. Uh, there was this priceless 15th century sculpture of Adam that just shattered. They went back and watched the video of the security camera, and it wasn't anybody breaking anything. It actually just crumbled under its own weight and just broke into many pieces. It took some of the best artists in the world 12 years to take this Adam, this, this beautiful sculpture, and, and to meticulously restore it and put it back together. Now, and if, you, if you can grab a hold of that story, that illustration there, God and Jesus, they created Adam, they created us, they created the world. And we kind of did, we crumbled under our own weight of sin. Nobody else did it, we did it. And when Jesus comes, he comes to meticulously restore, put back together our lives and our world exactly the way God meant for it to be. So, begin to put all this together. So he, Jesus, he's talking about, Paul's talking about Jesus, and he says, he says these, these, these three different things. He says, first of all, he reveals who God is, he rules as God, and now he's also restoring things back to the way they're supposed to be, and then he culminates it all together, and he says this, why is this so important? Why is all this so important? So that in everything, Jesus might have supremacy. He's saying that so that you will recognize that Jesus is supreme, that he is actually greater than. 
greater than anything, greater than everyone, greater than everything. And so Paul writes to this this church in Colossae to get them back on track to help them understand, hey, here's the deal. (laughs) Jesus is the point. He's greater than everything, not all these other gods. And that's why we're calling this series Greater Than. I think this series is going to be a much-needed reminder that all the things in life, some of them bad, and even some of them are really good things in life, can cause us to wonder and miss the point. Now, when I hear that title, um, Greater Than, I can't help but think about Mrs. Klein. Mrs. Klein was my third grade teacher, and she taught all of us at Hickory Elementary uh, what it was, the greater than symbol and the, uh, the less than symbol. If you can hold this way or you can hold this way, and it means two different things, greater than, right? Or it could also mean less than. Now, let me uh, kind of give you a little math refresher here. I'll throw a couple numbers on the screen. Oh, there we go. We got 200 and 350. Um, now, you have to figure out, does the symbol go like this? Or does the symbol go like this? <clears throat> now, <laughs> some of you are going, okay, Dave, you got to stop. This is why I want my kids back in school. You're, you're, you're scaring me. Okay, well, actually, I'm helping you. I'm helping you, okay? Because Mrs. Klein would always explain, oh, you know it's greater because of the mouth. The mouth is always eating the bigger number. All right? See, I told you I was helping you out here. So if you're taking a look at this, what would it be? Would it be this way? Or would it be this way? No, it's this way, right? Because 200 is less than 350, right? All right, did I lose you? One more try. Let's try another one. Throw another number up there. What do we got? Okay, here we go. We got 55 and 10. Okay, how does this symbol fit? Right? I think it fits this way, right? Remember the mouth is bigger. It's eating the bigger number. 55 is greater than 10. All right, let's try one more. What do we got? Hey, how about this one? Is it like this? <laughs> Go ahead in the chat room. Give me a little bit of feedback. I can keep you guys with me on this. Or is it like this? Which is it? Which one's greater than? I think, personally, I think it's like this. I saw two exhibition games where the Cubs Sox played, and the Sox did win both of them. I know it's exhibition, but I'm going this. You can give me a little rebuttal. Now, here's the deal. Paul tells us that Jesus is greater than everyone and everything. But here's what happens. All too often, I'm going to bring this home, all too often, whether we realize it or not, we put Jesus on the wrong side of the equation. Yeah, we know that he's supreme, but we actually live like someone else is greater than or something else is greater than. So I'll tell you what, let's take this math lesson and let's apply it to our lives, all right? I want you to take a look at this, okay? What symbol would you use here? Is uh, Jesus greater than? I want you to really do some reflection while I'm talking to you. Is Jesus greater than? And when I say greater than, I mean Lord over. Is Jesus Lord over your success? And I'm talking to myself too, Lord over my success. Do I want him more? Do you want him more than that, that, that promotion? That pay increase? Is your loyalty to him more important than any kind of acknowledgement or achievement. And does does the way you spend your time prove that? And let me be clear, success is a good thing. Being ambitious, it's actually actually a good thing. But But if Jesus is not greater than your success, it can destroy every good thing in your life. 
Because I'll tell you what, if it's like this, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. How about this one? All right, how about this one? Is Jesus greater than your finances? And again, when I say greater than, we're talking about lordship. Is he lord over your finances? Your financial future? Your financial goal? Do you fully, fully trust him with that? I mean, take a look at your checking account. Your savings. And for some of us, uh, stored wealth. Is he lord over that? Now, others of us, right now, we're in a season of financial troubles. How are you responding? Are you responding in a way that says, no, you know what? Even in times of financial trouble, Jesus is lord over that. And again, let me point this out. It's, it's good to have resources. It's good to have, have, have money. It could be a very good thing. But, but the Bible says if Jesus is not greater than, we can actually lose our very soul, it says. Because I'm telling you what, if it's this way, if it's this way, do a little reflection. You are missing the point. All right, here, here's one more. How about this? this, this then this could be hard, too. Can you say that Jesus is greater than any relationship? any person in your life. And again, sometimes it's, it's kind of a good versus greater thing. It, friendships are a good gift. The desire for intimacy is a good thing that God gave us. Being married and having kids, it, it is a good thing. So good. But here's the deal. Jesus is greater than. And here's the thing you gotta get. We need to keep him greater than because if we don't keep him greater than, those th- than, than that, then the good things won't work. We won't know how to love. We won't know how to trust. We won't know how to forgive. Because I'm telling you, if it goes this way, you have missed the point. You have missed the point. All right, what does it look like in real life to kind of miss the point? And why? Big picture, here's where we're going with this thing. Why? Why is it so important for, for us to, 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 to see Jesus supreme, to know that he is greater than. I want you to hear from Michelle Wilkins as uh, she tells her story. My name is Michelle Wilkins. My husband is Colin, and I have been attending community for about three years now. My parents raised my brother and I Catholic. We were really involved in our church, in our parish community. And so when I went away to college uh, and I was sort of out of that bubble, uh, it was just me, and I didn't really have anybody sort of holding me accountable to all of that, and I, I think I started drifting away. I still would have said that I believed in God. I just wasn't, it wasn't an active part of my life. There wasn't a real relationship there. I think it was really one-sided just whenever I needed him. When I got out of college, I got into a relationship with a man who was not a Christian. And so we moved in together, a decision that my family was pretty unhappy about. I was with that person for a few years until um, he was in an unfortunate uh, motocross accident and was paralyzed. And I think towards the end of it, I was feeling um, as if God maybe hadn't heard any of the few prayers that I had thrown up there. That relationship ended a year later and I moved back home with my parents. Uh, I thought that was going to sort of reconnect me. I started going back to school and I basically had college 2.0. 
and was partying a lot in the city in Chicago. I got into another relationship, which always seemed to be my biggest downfall, which uh, was with a man who was an atheist and was pretty intense about it. I really started to lean heavy into this thought that my parents had sort of duped me. I felt like God wasn't real. When that relationship ended, uh, that was sort of the beginning of the rock bottom. I didn't have my family. I didn't have him. I didn't have any of those friends. And so when I would go out with people, I would be the one that would be trying to drink away the feelings and the problems. And I was really, really lonely and just trying to feel good. And there was one sort of episode that I woke up the next morning and realized that I had a problem. And so I called my mom, just sort of confessed to her that I was lost and I didn't know what to do. And she told me to pray. And I said, I can't pray. I don't even believe in God. Like, I don't know who, to, who I would pray to. What would, I, what would I say? And she was like, you just, just pray anyway. I just remember feeling hopeless because if that was, that was her advice, I felt so far from being able to do that. I, I, I thought to myself, well, if that's what's gonna help, then I don't know what we're gonna do here because I don't believe in God. And I remember feeling so silly just talking out loud and just being looking up and saying, I don't know if you exist. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, um, but I need help. From that moment when I gave that prayer, uh, it was more practical things. My mom sending me books to read and going to church. So I did wind up trying a few places in the city when I was still living in Chicago. It wasn't until I came to community that I sort of had almost a moment of, I don't know if it's unspoken or just hearing like, you belong here. And um, there was a song that community played and I just remember just falling, just crying, and feeling like God was, was speaking to me in that moment. And I didn't miss a Sunday for months after that. After that day in community, like I knew God was real. I just had to now get to know Him. I think probably the biggest thing for me was finding what I had never had, which was a smaller community, people that were my age or around my age that showed me that it was possible to live a life as a Christian, I think because I had never really had that around me other than my parents. And I realized really quickly that I don't always know best what, what's best for me and whatever I want to do doesn't always lead to happiness. And so for me, God has been greater than even my own need for independence. Depending on Him is what sort of broke open my life in this wonderful way, that just being able to know that I'm free um, in Him. And He gives me that freedom that I had been longing for, that I had been trying to find in so many other avenues. Did you hear what Michelle said? She said, depending on a God who's greater than is what broke open my life to this wonderful way. There's an old hymn. I think this hymn was written back in 1753, if I remember right. And it's called uh, Come Thou Fount. And, the, and our band is gonna perform it as we lead into communion time. And I'm telling you, even though it's an old, old hymn, the lyrics are so, so relevant, still relevant. It starts this way, it says, Come thou fount of every blessing. And the thou is talking about, come God, come Lord Jesus. You are the source of every blessing. You're the source of every blessing. But then it tells us, here's, but here's the problem. I'm prone to wonder, Lord, and I feel it. I'm prone to leave, to miss the point. 
of the very God that I say I love. That's our inclination, that's the problem. But the solution, here's my heart. Here's my commitment. Take and seal it. And it's easy for all of us to miss the point. It's easy for us to wander and leave this God that we say we love. And in so doing, miss the blessing. I don't want you to miss the blessing. And let me say this for some of you. For some of you, if this is your first time thinking about some of these things, I, I want to challenge you to be baptized. Because see what baptism is, baptism is, is your way of saying, you know what, I do believe that Jesus is supreme, that he is greater than anyone or anything else in my life. And in fact, if you've never done that, uh, as an adult, I would just encourage you, click, click the link in the chat room, or if you're joining us by communityonline.tv, the banner right below. Just go ahead and click on that banner right now. I want you to click on that banner. We will follow up with you, but make sure you do that. This is an important commitment time for you right now. But for all of us, if you recognize that, that you've kind of gotten distracted, you've gotten detoured, you've gotten derailed, now is the time for you to commit to God. And it may be for the first time or maybe the hundredth time you need this. Because here's why, all right? Jesus is the point. Jesus is the point. He is greater than anything else. And I want every one of you, every one of you listening to me right now and watching, between now to the rest of the service, just use this time to commit yourself saying, you know what, you are, Jesus, you are greater than anything else in my life. All right, let's pray. Father God, um, we just wanna say thanks. We wanna say thanks for the good things that you have given us. But Lord, for all those good things, let not one of them become a distraction to the greater things. Lord, for some of us, there's even some, some bad things, some things that were meant for good, but we've turned them into evil. Let those not to be a distraction from the greater thing. And Lord, I ask that for every one of us, help us in this life not to miss the point. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.